Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Matthew 19, 13 through 15. Then people brought the little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. So before I begin this morning, I uh, just want to um, take note of a couple things. Those of you that have been here at the church for a long time may be familiar uh, with Rosemary Glenn. Uh, Judy Buchanan, where are you? There you are. Judy has been uh, just staying in touch with Rosemary's family, as has our own uh, pastor, uh, Ed DeForest. Um, but I just want to let you know that uh, Rosemary passed away. And uh, she is with the Lord this morning. So uh, we mourn her loss, but we rejoice in that she is with her Savior. And uh, as a church, we'll continue to support her family. She has been living with her daughter. Um, and uh, you can uh, you'll hear more about that if there are services or things that will come up. Um, but we uh, are grateful uh, for her life and uh, grateful um, for the impact she's had on many of us. And uh, again, uh, an example of a model of walking in faith. Secondly, you may know uh, Dave Russell. He, he sits where Lou is with his wife, Barb. He's been recovering from knee surgery. Well, he fell this week. And uh, the knee was doing great, but he fell and he injured his, his neck and his back. And it put pressure on his spine. So right now, even as we are meeting, he's having spine surgery uh, to remove that pressure and, and to correct uh, that. So we want to be in, in prayer for Dave. So let's pray right now as a congregation. Father, we thank you so much for the lives of men and women of faith. Lord, those that we can look to. Those who have gone ahead of us. Father, those who walk alongside of us and those that we can look back at and um, give testimony to their impact in our lives. And so, Father, we pray that you, the God of all comfort, would be with Rosemary's family, that you would comfort them and strengthen them. Uh, but, Lord, also uh, may your hope, uh, that eternal hope, uh, be present in their heart in new and, Lord, just increasing ways as you walk with them. Uh, through the loss of their mom. And Father, for, for Dave, who even right now is under the surgeon's knife, we pray that uh, the surgeon's hand would be an extension of your healing hand. And Lord, the surgery would go well. Uh, it would correct his injury. 
uh, that he would heal, Lord, without complications. And Lord, he would regain full mobility and be back with us very, very soon. And so now, Father, we pray uh, that your presence would be known to Dave and his wife, Barb, both in ways uh, that are seen and, Father, ways that are unseen as you superintend the surgery. And so we pray these things and we ask them in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Okay. Amen. Well, this is Children's Sunday. And uh, what better verse uh, to have than our verse in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15, uh, that was just read. Um, The great evangelist of the 19th century, D.L. Moody, had just uh, returned from an evening of sharing the gospel. And somebody asked uh, Moody, uh, how many conversions were there? And Moody responded, two and a half. And the person said, oh, uh, two adults and a child? And Moody replied, no, two children and one adult. Because the adult has already lived half their life. And so Moody understood uh, the importance and the value of reaching children with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, Let me give you some statistics that I think really drive this home. Now, of of Americans who claim faith in Christ, um, they share these numbers. 1% of American Christians say they came to faith between the ages of 0 and 3 years old. Okay? 1%. claim that they came to faith in Christ between the ages of 4 and 14. 10% say they came to faith in Christ between the ages of 15 and 30. And are you ready for this? Only 4% of American Christians say they came to faith in Christ after the age of 30. And so I think that really highlights to us uh, the importance of reaching our children with the gospel, reaching them while they're younger. Um, Proverbs 22.6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are older, they will not leave it. And so, The author of Proverbs tells us, hey, listen, we need to start our children's lives on the firm foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and that is a foundation that is at the core, that's at their heart. And even as they grow older and even as they uh, go through the struggles of life to define and own faith, um, that foundation is there. And you know and I know and maybe it would be some of our testimonies um, that over and over and over again, 
as adults, people return to faith in Christ because of the foundation that was laid in their hearts uh, as children. Now, in our passage today, in Matthew 19, 13 through 15, um, Jesus has an encounter with children. Uh, He's teaching. And uh, as he's teaching, some parents bring little children to Jesus. Uh, But his disciples say, no, wait a minute, stop. Jesus is about really important stuff. And uh, don't interrupt him. But let's read again Jesus' response that we find here in Matthew. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and to pray for them. That was customary. It was customary in Jesus' time for parents to bring children to a rabbi who would place hands and pray over them and bless them. And this is what was going on. But the disciples rebuked them. Not just say, hey, no, he's busy right now, come back later. But actually rebuke them. It's a very forceful no. Don't disturb him. Don't bother him. The implication is, can't you see he's up to really important things right now? He's doing important business. But Jesus said, verse 14, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Uh, Now it's interesting. Jesus takes little children and metaphorically uses them as an example of two things. The faith that is required to enter the kingdom of heaven and the faith of a disciple. And so we see both those things here. Now, it's not that little children in Jesus' day, as in ours, are perfect. We know better, don't we? But what Jesus is pointing out is that in little children... We see those who are helpless, defenseless, vulnerable. They are completely and totally trusting upon their parents or the adults in their lives to care for them, uh, to provide for them, to make sure that they're safe. And so what Jesus is literally saying is, uh, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, and this whole section of scripture is is about the kingdom, that you have to come with a faith that is totally and completely trusting in God to be your provision, to be your source of power, uh, to be the one who looks out for you, who cares for you, to be your defender, uh, to be the one who steps in and in, in times of weakness, that is the faith that's required for those who want to enter in to the kingdom of heaven. And so he uses the little children um, literally and metaphorically as examples of not childish faith, but childlike faith. Now, in Jesus' time, children, um, they had a low social standing. 
um, their value is really on what they could bring in the future, not in the present. Uh, children uh, could be part of a labor force. They could work. And so they had value there as they got older. Uh, if they were male children, uh, they could be a part of defending the community. Uh, they could be soldiers or they could stand in a place uh, of defending family, loved ones, and others in the community. And they could represent the future glory of the family uh, as uh, they would carry on the family name. But all those things were geared towards the future, not the present. And so it was a future hope for the value of children, but not necessarily their value in the immediate and in the present time. Okay? And so when Jesus stops his teaching on the kingdom and uses the children as examples of the faith and the childlikeness that's required for entrance into the kingdom, that is that complete trust and dependence and hope in God to care for them. He uses them as that example. That is literally taking the societal values of the day and turning them upside down, okay, on their ear. Um, because the children are included uh, in those who Jesus and others would recognize as helpless, hurting, marginalized. They literally had no rights. And yet they are the ones that he uses to model uh, what it's like and what's necessary for entrance into the kingdom and discipleship. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Uh, I had, but never really paid attention to it. This verse in Matthew chapter 19 comes after previous teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18. Now, in chapter 18, Jesus is in Galilee, most likely in the city of Capernaum. And it's really his last time teaching there before he begins his journey to Judea and to Jerusalem, where he's going to die on the cross. Okay? And while he's there teaching, verse 18, or chapter 18, verse 1 says, that at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So, who's the greatest in the kingdom? Now, it, it would be normal for a disciple to ask a question to uh, their master or to the one that they are a student under. Because in Jesus' day, like today, the top disciples would be the ones who would um, identify themselves as the best, the sharpest, the brightest, the most accomplished. And really, if you were a disciple and you were identified that way, it would bring honor to your master or to your teacher. Okay? So the question isn't really out of the ordinary. These guys are saying, how can we be the very best disciples and by being that, bring you the honor that you deserve to Jesus, right? That would have been a normal question in Jesus' day. But Jesus doesn't give them the expected or normal response. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
he called a little child whom he placed among them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes a humble place becoming like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever, whoever welcomes one such a uh, child in my name welcomes me. Now later on in Matthew 25, Jesus talks about uh, the sick, those in prison, uh, those who are alone, the weak, the marginalized. And what does he say? As you've done unto the least of these, so you've done unto me. And here in Matthew 18, he's identifying them as the marginalized. And he says, as you welcome one of these, you also welcome me. Now that's literal. But in the metaphoric sense, Jesus is also saying, as you welcome one who in childlike faith is my disciple, those who will come to me in faith, welcoming them, caring for them, nurturing them, joining in helping them grow in their faith is ministry to me. Okay? So he's talking about little children in the literal sense, but little children in the metaphorical sense as those who would come to him in faith. So the question is, what happens between 18 and 19? Somehow they forget, don't they? Because he had just taught them. He had just told them in Matthew 18. But here in 19 verses 13 through 15, they've already forgotten. Why is that? Because in our busyness, uh, in um, the priorities of our life of wanting to do things for Jesus, sometimes we can overlook the very teachings of Jesus and, and overlook those, in this case, children, who, who really stand as a model, as an example of, of Christ, faith in Christ and childlikeness the faith that's required to truly be a disciple. In other words, between chapter 18 and chapter 19, 18, Jesus teaching in Galilee and Capernaum before he begins his journey to Judea and Jerusalem, and then 19, on the journey and ultimately in Judea, they forget. They forget. Like, one of the most important values of the kingdom that faith is to be childlike they get so caught up in the affairs of of being disciples of of honing their skills under Jesus that they forget the most important thing and isn't that like us couldn't that be said to be true of us and so this morning, on this Children's Ministry Sunday, as we think about little children, both literally and figuratively, those whom God has placed among us, uh, those who look to us, uh, look to their Sunday school teachers, look to their parents, look to the faith community with childlikeness, 
And in that childlikeness, modeling and reminding us again and again and again the faith that we're to have in coming to God through Jesus. As, as we think about that and as we are reminded of that, I, I think there's a strong message for us not to overlook those, not to be too busy to invest in those whom Jesus called to himself and whom Jesus used metaphorically to remind us of what's required to enter the kingdom of heaven and to be his disciple. And as we think about that, we need to adjust our thinking so that the value of our children isn't in what they are going to bring in the future. It's in what they bring to us now. Because our children, their lives, their faith, their weakness, their dependency, their vulnerability has a lot to teach you and me about our relationship with God. And so this morning, uh, I want to encourage all of us to reprioritize the affairs of our life, especially in the community of faith, that, that we would look at children's ministry not as an investment in the future, but an investment in the present, not as just an investment in the lives of the children, but in our own lives as they serve to remind us of the faith that Jesus has called us to. And so will you join me? Will you join Dina and Dana and Amanda? Will you join us in ministry to our children? There are tables out in the lobby. Uh, we're going to have a celebration for Dina. There's cake there. It's going to be great. But please stop by the tables. And if the Lord is prompting your heart, if he's nudging you um, to get involved in some way, would you just at least inquire? Okay? Our children's ministry is growing. New families are coming. And we have the privilege and the opportunity of drawing the little children to Jesus. But in the process... ministering to ourselves as they serve as a reminder of childlike faith. So worship team, come on forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for the example of Jesus who called the little children to himself, not only to bless them, but to point to them as an example of childlikeness. And Father, that childlikeness has this expression in faith, in our trust in you, in our dependence before you, in our vulnerability, in our reliance upon you. So Father, today may we be reminded on this Children's Ministry Sunday that we are not only called to bring the little children to you, but in the childlikeness of faith, in that calling, you are reminding us of how to draw near to you.
And Father, we desire to do that. Would you stir in our hearts, Father, uh, those whom your spirit is moving towards ministry to our children. And God, as we pray these things, we ask that you would raise up many who would join Jesus in caring for our kids. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.